On today's Pizza Pod, brought to you by Lots and Lots of Pizza, we have sports producer and director Pat O'Connor in studio today. Today we'll talk about his life in sports live television and how he got into it and how, what keeps him involved in it. Love is a burning thing And it makes a fiery ring Bound by wild desire I fell into a ring of fire All right, are you ready to jump into the ring of fire, Pat O'Connor? I'm ready to roll. Thank you for the Johnny Cash right out of the gate, my favorite musician. Thank you. I knew it. That's we play for every podcast. I don't know. It's just an easy song to, to listen to, and it gets you kind of pumped up. And uh, we're going to spend 45 minutes to an hour talking about your career. Uh, as full disclosure, um, uh, you and I go way back. So we're going to make a funny story before we get into this about Tony and a funny story about Pat. And we go back to 1986. Correct. I'm a freshman at the University of Minnesota. And by September 1st, you'd already given me about 20 nuggies and beat the crap out of me. And Not drank, me. And drank me under the table, right? True or false? Uh, partially true. <laughs> therefore, partially false. All right. What's your funny story? I, normally, I don't. I don't. I worry about bringing a guest on, and worry like you'd be prepared or not. If you know anything about Pat O'Connor, you'll learn in this in this uh, hour. He's one of the funniest, most prepared, smartest guys you'll ever meet, and he's gonna he's gonna deck me right now. So just tune in. Let's go. I would have two funny Tony stories. I actually have a thousand, but I'll tell two quick ones. <laughs> All right. Oh, I was God, living in L- living in L.A. 1991. And one of our mutual friends, Rob Larson, had a part-time job at Central Park Grade School, which happened to be where I went to grade school. Roseville. We dunked there. That's where we dunked. We did dunk. We also, besides dunking, we, or you, also low-bridged me as I went in for a right-handed, uncontested layup, my only effective basketball move, and I landed square on my back. That was the only time there was ever close to fisticuffs or noogies. (laughs) I can't believe that I was competitive. I, I, I wasn't that way. You were, and I landed flat on my back. I'm sorry. That's okay. No problem. It's funny as I don't remember doing that, but I could see my competitiveness coming out. And I remember it. It was right. about 30 years ago, but that's okay. It's all right. Give me another one. The other one was uh, mm, you were on hurt. a golf trip I was on. Ooh. We went to a large group of us, went to the Ireland. Ryder Cup. 2006. In Ireland, Ryder Cup. The K Club, USA got destroyed. That's a side story. But anyhow, <laughs> it was a, a Greyhound a dark bus. cloud. 24 guys, lots of rounds of golf, a few pints of Guinness. Yep, that was good. And I do remember walking up to Adair Manor. Majestic Adair oh, beautiful. Manor. Beautiful. The only Parkland course we played. Sits right, sits right on the river. They were all links. Sits right on the river, over the castle. I still remember you, how excited you were. And you walk up and you said to the starter, who was about 87 <laughs> years of age, and I was right next to you, and you said, Hey, what's the course record here? And he looked to you, and he goes... It's six and a half hours, and if you break it, you're going to deal with me personally. <laughs> and you had no comeback. I smiled, and then I think uh, you went out and probably shot 78 or whatever you did. I had a good round that day, but it was like one of those that Irish courses, there was always a 10 just looming around the – you know what I'm saying, right? Oh, like, sure. God, I could play a great 15 or 16 holes, and then it was just – 
There was yeah. a nugget coming. That was, I think I had a nugget there. It was, you know, a little eight or nine or out there, but I had played really well on that trip. But, but that, but there was a bad score on that hole, on that course. I remember well, that. I so. remember those two stories. I remember a thousand more. But yeah, you and I go way back. You're a good friend, and we share a lot of ideas about sports and TV and hockey and all the fun stuff. And you're a funny guy, and I like uh, the banter. We're gonna have some have. good banter here today. And if anybody listens, even the better, right? Uh, I'm sure we'll get a couple of our frat buddies to tune in at this one and have some good laughs. Uh, all right, so let's talk about how you got into this business. Um, you had departed to LA, uh, you were going to Cal State Fullerton, right? Correct. And, that, and that's literally, it's like Paddle, because that's what we call you. Yeah. Paddle is out in, in LA. And then all of a sudden, two, two or three years later, it's like Paddle is now on TV and he's working in TV. How did you get started in the business? I left here. I went to college with you, obviously. Mm-hmm. And I moved to California because I was working with Costco. Yep. Costco started here in Minnesota in 86. They actually left here in 88. I know they're back now. But anyhow, in 88, a few of us got offered a job to move out to Southern California. So it's mid-February. It's 27 below zero. I got a chance to move to Santa Barbara County. I'm going. Yeah. So I bounced around Costco, but I wanted to become an announcer. Right. It was early sports center days. I wanted to be the person behind. You wanted to be Chris Berman. I wanted to be, well, I wanted to be more Dan Patrick. Right. I was more of a Dan Patrick guy. That was the guy that I wanted to be. I wasn't Keith Oberman, but I liked Dan Patrick a lot. So I move out there, and I started going to college. I was working at Costco. Long story short, a few JCs later, I end up at Cal State Fullerton. I end up getting a de- degree in television and film. Yep. And so at that point, I still thought I wanted to be an announcer. But anyhow, that was 1994. Right. So 85, I graduated from Alexander Ramsey, no longer around. They bulldozed it after I left. We were the Rams. We were the Rams, yes, yep. sir. We were the Rams. And so I graduated high school in 85. And, and nine then, years later? Nine years, quick nine years later. Man, that goes by quick. In 1994, of course, I'd worked, obviously, that was nine years at Costco as well. I really, right. I really had a full-time job at Costco. I was a manager at Costco. And everything else manager. is kind of part-time, right? School yeah, part-time I was going to school. Or? Well, I went to, yeah, the last two years I went to school full-time. I also worked at Costco as a, a full-time employee, probably right. 50 hours a week. And then I was interning at Prime Sports in L.A. But anyhow, 1994 is when I finished up. And then I got a job at Prime Sports, which is kind of the precursor to Fox Sports. Right. Kind of like MSC, right? The yeah, but, I, MS, I mean, yes, Channel? but I wasn't living here then, but I know what you mean. You know what I mean? Was, like, yes. Yeah, and MSC ended up becoming Fox Sports kind of thing. Exactly. Very it's similar. Like a regional network, right? It was regional. Prime was, Sports tried to Was it to only become, Southern Cal or was it? No, there was a few other satellite offices, Texas, uh, Salt Lake City, a few places. But for the most part... Did they part, have any big professional contracts, or was it just college, or what Mostly was, college. Okay, so it was just college yeah. stuff, not... And this is pro. 25 years ago, so there wasn't, you know, as many options as are. You know, you turn on your TV now, I don't care if you get... Yeah, we dish, talked before, TV. it was pre-cable. And it, was, yeah, like, it was early It was early, early cable, cable. Early cable. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But you couldn't watch any game. Right now, I don't care what game it is, you're going to find it, whether it's on your TV or on your computer screen. It's almost impossible not to find yeah. a game, especially yeah. divi- high-level Division One. Or, co- or or pro. And They're most D2s and D3s, they still stream theirs as well. Yes, with, okay. with students or something like with that. With students, right? but, yeah. but it's still an it's still image. still good, yeah. Yeah, parents can watch, family, friends can watch, people can look at tape afterwards. And now, and no no offense, I mean, now it's youth. I mean, we've got squirt hockey games, PB Very hockey much games, so. band, I mean, everything's being live streamed now, which is fantastic. It's, it's wonderful. But back then, 25-plus years ago, you know, there weren't that many options. But I worked on And there sport. weren't a lot of opportunities to get into work, right? Right. I mean, so that hasn't changed. Right. <laughs> Still right. the same. <laughs> right. But there weren't opportunities. So how did you get in? What door were you knocking on to get into the door to, to well, do this? At Cal State Fullerton, I became, an, I was an intern there. 
And so this was at Press Box Prime Sports. Prime Sports was a network. Press Box was the name of the TV show. Right. They were trying to do Sports Center, West Coast Sports Center. So they brought in some announcers, some of the old CNN people, you know, Tom Kirkland, Randy right. Sparagi, Alan Massengale, Andre Aldridge, who's a good friend of mine who lives in Atlanta now. He's the Atlanta Hawks sideline reporter, all-time great guy. And so they were going to start a West Coast Sports Center, basically. Right. So was it only focused on West, West Sports? No, West Coast, covered everything. All right. Covered everything, but it's based in Southern Cal. Right. Whereas in those days, not as much travel, once again, not as many elements being covered, so they would handle all the West Coast stuff very easily. Right. USC, UCLA, Gretzky playing for the Kings, yeah. Mighty Ducks. Everything. You know, they, yeah, the Lakers in their heyday, going over to the Forum. You know, yeah. Jerome Bettis playing for the L.A. Rams, one of my first ever events as an intern on the sidelines. So you can tell how old I am doing right. those events. But as an intern, I mean, there's 100 interns running around. And so you get assigned different tasks. You know, there's a lot of interns who are football players at USC or basketball players at UCLA or Northridge or Pepperdine or right. even coming up from San Diego State. Well, I'm the Midwest guy coming out there. Yeah. Okay, I don't know much about beach volleyball, except it's fun to watch. Right. So I get assigned golf and I get assigned hockey. Perfect. Because most of the other interns didn't want it. Didn't want it. Some might have, but those were my two gigs. So as an intern, I would get sent out to do those events. I might get sent over to the forum with the camera person, and I'm holding the stick mic. Yep. And I have my press box shirt on. Yep. And I would get in with my press pass, try not to screw it up, and you'd start interviewing. You get sound bites to go on that show. So that's really how so I you started. So you were just basically a sound bite collector first, well, right? That was on the events that you get sent to. Back yep. in the shop, I would be assigned everyone. There was a whiteboard. Yep. And there would be a meeting, just like any business. Yep. And at 3 o'clock, they would sit down, and the producers would say, all right, what's the top of the show? And 15 people would talk. I think we have to lead with the Lakers. They've won 10 in a row. Sounds good. Lakers, they're in the 10s, meaning the top of the show. We're going to start with the Lakers. What's next? Uh, The Mighty Ducks and the Kings had a line brawl last night. Perfect. That's in the 20. We have video of that? Yes, we do. What's next? So they'd formulate the show, and then from there you'd get an assignment. This is the producer who runs this, This was Robert Bannigan, who would bring his surfboard in and set it up inside of his cube. And uh, he was a good guy, but he was uh, he liked to know exactly what everybody was doing. Right, so he right. sort of cracked the whip early on. But a lot of those people that were interns or production assistants, they're still friends of mine today. And yes, a lot of them are still in it. A lot of us are still stuck in television like me. <laughs> no. There's a lot that have fanned out in different parts of the country. But from that little nucleus back there um, in the press box world, dual, there's so many great stories, and it was so much fun. And that's where I really had the love for, for television, the storytelling aspect of television. Yeah. I like sports growing up. I mean, besides yeah. you low-bridging me at Central Park, <laughs> most of my sports stories are good. I enjoy sports. I enjoy television. It's a perfect career for actually you know, getting to see both of those things play out. All right. So uh, talk about all the different sports before we get into specifics of hockey. Talk about all the different sports that you've produced and and directed games for, or even golf, for that matter. Yeah. I mean, that's not a game. That's like a tournament, right? So yeah. list off all the different sports that you've been involved with. Well, currently I'm a freelancer. Mm-hmm. So currently right now what I would do is I work for the Vikings in the fall. Yep. So I'll produce and you know, direct the in-stadium show for the right. Vikings. Um, I also do a college football package for Big Ten Network. That's so a different that's game. that's like 13 weeks maybe? Yeah, 13, 14. And it's yep. somewhere different each week. 
Could be Ohio State in week one, Penn State in week two, Purdue, Illinois, Wisconsin, Minnesota. You get assigned a different game. But differently, because you and I are actually friends, believe it or not, (laughs) and you've told me that now a lot of the producing and directing actually happens in Chicago, and the crew is actually on site, and the director isn't even on site anymore. Is that still true? Some of that is true, yes. Yeah. Because of the way of technology has improved is the visuals, the camera shots get sent to a nucleus in Chicago. So there's plenty of games done that way. I mean, Big Ten Network does it that way. Pac-12 does it that way. NBC Sportsnet does it that way. ESPN does it that way. Limits a lot of the travel. Yeah. So early on, there was a lot of hesitation, a lot of trepidation, like, "Ah, how is this going to change? Yeah. But after you've been in it for a while, you realize that you're still providing a wonderful product. Right. You know, the one-second delay that might happen in the transmission of camera five shot of the quarterback as he drops out of the pocket. Yeah. No one at home is going to know the difference. Right. Because we just play it into the formula. And everything else is going to be delayed one second as well. So the consumer will never know the difference. And so somebody like me, think about living in Minnesota. Like occasionally I'll go do a game in Chicago, right. which is actually a game in Minnesota. Okay, that so that's odd. Crazy. So it's odd. Thing ever. So normally I would drive to Williams Arena or to Mariucci to do a Big Ten Network game. Yep. So on those few games a year, it seems odd that I'm going, going to, to Chicago, Chicago to do a Minnesota game. Yeah. Okay, well, but for the other 13 teams in the Big Ten, yeah, it's way easier to get to Chicago. Yeah, right? way easier, yeah. It's I mean, think about getting to Happy flight, Valley right? or Rutgers or Maryland or, or even, you know, down on the Triangular if you want to go to yeah. Purdue or Indiana or Illinois. Those are some challenging places to get to. Really hard. It's Limited. a 10-hour drive and no easy yeah. way I mean, to I, fly there. Yeah, I mean, I generally do fly, but I have driven plenty of times to maybe Iowa City. So, right. But on that aspect of it, the, it's called, everyone calls it like an at-home production. Every network has their own terms moniker for it. for it. Yes. So that's how the network is, is kind of going that way. But if you ask, like, which sports I do, I've pretty much covered all of them. I've well, covered- Big Ten Network, uh, just from knowing you, it's not just the, the hockey, football, basketball. You're probably doing baseball and Baseball, and softball. softball, lacrosse, wrestling. They do golf, gymnastics. That's the beauty of the, you know, obviously the high-profile one is Saturday mornings when you're watching Big Ten football. You know, college yep. football drives the bus yeah, on absolutely. most networks. Yeah. That's just how it is. Yep. There's more viewers, more advertisers, more you know, more sponsors, all in. Football drives the bus. But the beautiful thing about that is a lot of the money that is received helps fund all these other sports. Yeah, and, and everything else at the university sports. Well, everything, yeah, yeah for yeah. sure. I mean, you're, you're well over $50 million a year that each school per is receiving. School. Per school. from the Big Ten Network. I think my calculator, I don't know, is that like yeah. $9 billion? What is that? Not quite that much. But well, I would say 50, quick math, I'm going to go 700 million. 50 million. Times, times 14. Times 14. I'm going to go 700 million. It's $700 million. Good okay. work. Thank Good you. Good work. I'm ready for the math portion of this <laughs> test as well. I brought my SATs along. That's good. That was good work. So I, uh, so, so every, every sport. sport. I've What's covered. your favorite sport to do? I mean, you're I've on been a hockey network a thousand here. Times. But, but what is it? What is it? It can't be golf. Golf would be the hardest sport. I never really worked a lot in golf. I had some options to work in golf, but the problem was I used to play a lot of golf. And you still do, by the way. I, I don't you play much. Do. Come on. But here's the deal. If you work in golf, you don't play golf. Yeah, that's true. If you work in golf, you show up on Tuesday. You take three days to cable these huge courses. Yes. Right? Yeah. Miles and miles and miles of cable. Then you work Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Unless you get the bonus of a Monday playoff, <laughs> then you can work another day. <laughs> yeah. And so when are you going to golf? So I never really wanted to work. I had a couple opportunities. I never worked in golf because I wanted my summers 
to play golf. I was listening to a, a there's a podcast. I don't know, know the name of it. I wish I could name it right now, but it, it's basically it's a podcast of three or four guys sitting around a room, kind of like our high school hockey podcast experts, you know, pundits, okay. and they rip on the weekly podcast. Their, their podcast is to rip on the broadcast. I mean, they sure. literally, oh, the graphic was never up, and it's hilarious to listen to you guys just torch. <laughs> Torch golf. Yeah, hilarious golf. unless you work in it. <laughs> exactly. And, you know, they, they just rip the announcers. It's kind of it's, – it's, it's fun to listen to for a half an hour or so. But the point was that they, they had a guy on, uh, uh, Pete uh, – what was that, Peter – some guy who just got let go by by CBS. And he okay. talked about it. He goes, think about golf is the hardest sport to cover. The There's, you know, 75 <laughs> balls Incorrect. in the air. He says there's 75 balls in play at an every time. Every other sport, there's only one ball or one puck in play. Well, I'm not sure which Peter that was, although I have a guess. Yeah. But I would uh, dispute that fact and the fact that 97% of the shots that you watch in a golf are tournament recorded. are recorded anyhow. And that's what they're talking about. That yeah. was what he was talking about. We want yeah. more live. And that's what these guys, give us more live shots. There's no possible way. You know, they pick apart all the different. Well, the only possible way would be like some states cover their wrestling tournaments. Okay. There's yep. more than one mat going at the same time. Correct. And so they might do a quad split. Four, four up on the screen. Four at the mats same time. on the screen at the same time. So if you wanted to do that. Now, the human eye can only watch one thing at a time. Right. That's why some in the old days they'd go split screen, or now you start adding in more graphics. You watch some broadcasts. You got graphics on the bottom, graphics on the top. It's like a NASCAR going by. It is. You it's can't. Hard. It's, it's really, really hard. challenging, but you can't physically take all that information in. So you really have to select what do you want to watch. You can only really yeah, watch. one I'm thing. watching the graphic. Well, sometimes you'll watch some maybe a baseball game. People put like four boxes up there of something. Well, which one do you want me to watch? I mean, I only have two eyeballs, and they normally look at the same thing in right. a perfect world. All right, so let's talk about your career of just all the things that go into a game. Today, the purpose of my interview with you today is, uh, I think it was, I don't remember what year it was. My son was, my son was, Jake was born in 2000, so he was probably five or six. So it was like 2005, 2006. Uh, we hook up and you say, you should come down to the truck and check it out. It was a Montreal, it was a wild Montreal Canadiens game. I don't know why I remember this. So we're go between periods and you, I go down the truck and it was like my world had completely come upside down. Everybody should go to the truck and sit with Pat for like just five, all you need is five minutes to, to watch what you're doing. And it's not easy. You know, how many cameras are you managing in, in, in a truck when you're directing a game? Could be 15, could be five. It really okay, depends so, on the sports. Okay, so there's 15 cameras that your eyeball has to be on. How many audio technicians are working for you? There's got to be at least three. Well, I right? say working with me, too, but not working for me. But, yeah, right. there's three or four. There's three or four guys that are working on just the audio. Yeah. There's 15 on the visual. And then you have how many guys are running um, replays for you that are re rewinding the replay and getting it set up for you when you run the replay? I mean, it could be three or four. Generally, the crew is – I mean, the crew could be 30, 40, 50, 60 men and women. Yeah. That run these crews. Okay, so I'm just talking about just, just from a – if you're watching TV, there's one guy who hits the button, and not only are you in charge of the visuals, you're in charge of the audio, you're in charge of the replays, you're in charge of the graphic going on the screen. You're in charge of shaping the entire vision of what a TV viewer has. Talk about the preparation that goes into this. You don't show up at 6.30 for a 7 o'clock game. I would never show up that early. <laughs> Quarter to seven, perfectly. No, generally in a TV truck, there's usually a six-hour call time, sometimes a seven-hour So hour one o'clock for a seven Meaning one game. for a seven okay. or noon for a seven. But you're also not going cold that game. I mean, if I work, you know, I may mean, work to the wild for 
10 plus seasons right. doing their games. Right. Okay, so you you already have a little bit of knowledge of what the team's all about. So not every game And you've been doing a, them for the entire season. Yeah, and I've been so doing them, so I know them. So you, there's a lot so of less them. upload yeah. versus a state high school championship game where, like, you just learned who these kids were a week ago, Well, right? yeah, but I mean, I'm, yeah, maybe for some broadcasts. I mean, I still follow it. So right. you, you know the tendencies, things of that nature. Yep. But as far as the preparation, it could be as much time as you really want to put into it. I mean, I look at it like golf, okay? Right. I mean, Vijay Singh hits six buckets of golf balls. Some guys go cold, and they do just fine. Yeah. So there's no set form. That's the beauty of this whole of TV and sports. Right. You know, how it blends in together. You don't have to do it the same way. I mean, for people that are our age, I use Jim Furyk a thousand times as an example. I do, too. If you saw Jim Furyk on the range, I love stories like that. I love people that do it the way they want to do it. And if they're successful doing it, just like every TV broadcast, doesn't have to be the same. And they, and they do they seem this when you watch TV like you're at a bar and you see four screens up at Joe Sensors. Do you see the same? I see the same. It's oh, there's four basketball games up there. You see four different games being delivered. Go a little bit on that. Well, I'll go back to Cal State Fullerton, the first ever film class I had, and when I walked in on day one, I'll never forget it. And as the professor comes up, he says on day one, the first thing I've ever heard from any professor, and he says, after this class, none of you will ever enjoy another movie. Yeah. And it was very true. So now, unfortunately, it's hard to find people to watch games with me, just like anyone else on TV. All the other men and women I work with, they would say the same things. Because the people that run replays for a living, they're going to watch a game and watch the replays. Be like, oh, that should have been a little tighter. That's run too fast. They could have slowed that down. The camera people might say, why are they framing like that? You should cut that down there. Oh, look at the right. Look at the left. Shape that in there. Format a little better. So you kind of see what you... Talk about framing, because I'm a still photographer. That's one of the things that I do a lot. Talk about framing. Who frames... Who frames the the video? Do you frame the video? Well, I frame you, the are video. Are you telling him to go tighter and not, you're cutting to Once again, not wider? always him. Could be him or her. Her, sorry, sorry. Him or her. Is I, I mean, as a director, I will shape those shots. Meaning you're telling the camera, you're, you're in the camera guy's ear saying, John or Jenny, go tighter, yes. go wider. And on a, right? on a show, they're only known as a number, so you never say their name. It's all so... Okay. So camera one might be Tony. Camera yep. two could be Pat. Camera yep. three could be Rob Larson. So you know right. three's out of focus. Inside <laughs> joke. So they're one, two, and three all day, ready to. Okay. And then tape machines, you know, if you have Joe Blow running. Part, the, just yeah. so you know, when I went to the Canadians game, yeah. I'm watching these guys rewinding, and I'm like, I, my heart started to beat. I'm like, what if he screws up, you know? Well, here's the beautiful thing. That's just like in sports, television is, is of course you're going to screw up. Yeah, what if he rewinds too far back? It happens. Just, you know. It happens. Well, it's okay. We're going to have another replay in 10 seconds later. Just yeah. like if you're on the field or on the ice or whatever your best sport is and you make a mistake, you don't go home. Yeah, but you like. You make it better the next time. I, the rewind guy, I don't know, he stressed me out the most, right? Because, yeah. like, if you're the camera guy, I mean, there's literally not much you can. I'm sure you could list me 20 examples of a camera guy screwing up. But 200. literally, the guy's sitting on a tower with this big, huge device, and he's got to go left, he's got to go right. There's a little bit, to me, there seems far less room for error than the replay guy who's got, like, a half a second to get you the replay before that thing gets re- yeah, but, regurgitated. But, but you also picked the high wide camera. Which has arguably the easiest job. Correct. That's I think it so is. So if you pick a low end zone camera in football, oh. which is twelve feet behind the back line of an end zone, yep. okay, and you have NFL players, there's twenty two on the field. Not that assignment for that is tight end coming at you. So now he's re- he's taking the tight end 
head all, to toe, that, coming at no. That's not it, always. Right? Yeah, no, yeah. not always. Because if you have the tight end coming at you head to toe, leave enough room on the top of it. it's Kyle Rudolph. He might make a magical catch. You got to right. loosen up quickly. Ball gets thrown up top. How if it's down low? Zoom in slightly, tilt down, show him picking it up right off the turf. What yeah. if there's a fumble and now it's going the other way? So, I mean, most camera ops have multiple assignments. But, you know, the overall theme in this is mistakes will happen. Not many. They do. But there's a short speak in the TV world. You know, if you walked in in 15 seconds and it's during a power play yeah. and there's a block shot and it might have got cleared, didn't get cleared, now there's a shot inside, there's a scramble, and the guy scores back door. I mean, it's going to sound like you walked into a Hornets cage, right? Yeah. Ready, two, take two. Stand by three. Ready, three, take three. Zoom out, four. Zoom <laughs> out a little bit. Pull out a little bit. Like, I see the ref. Ready, five, take five. Re-Q red. Roll red. Dissolve to red. Stand by blue. Slow it down, blue. A little farther back. A little farther back. Right there. Roll blue. Dissolve blue. Ready, X. Two, give me the hero. Go back to the coach. Is he happy? Were they waving it off? Stand by two. And the whole time, the announcers are talking. You know, this is just inside the truck this, is what you're hearing. This is what I saw when I was yeah. in the truck. And I was and you I didn't even cue you up on that. You just did exactly what I wanted you to do. I was, remembered when you walked in the truck. <laughs> I just wanted to hear because when I was watching there and I remember the other thing that you said, you know, you did all all that stuff you just did there. But then the part of just crazy detail that you have that you're in charge. He goes, Bring up the graphic, shrink it. That was yeah. it. Was a scoreboard graphic. It was a scoreboard graphic, and it was it was huge. And you, and you wanted them to shrink it down to give the viewer more view of the game and less view of this honking graphic, right? Yeah. I th- well, I think in that aspect, I'm, I don't really obviously remember yeah. what the play was or even the game was. Although it was Montreal was here, maybe it was yeah. the time Miko faced off against Saku Koivu. It was. That was another one of the things we had the parents okay. in the crowd with the sure. jerseys, and yeah. you're like, "Yeah, I cut to the parents. Cut to the parents." Remember That's that? one of my favorite. Re- yeah, I was just thinking about that. One of my favorite reaction shots at the end of that game is when. Uh, the Wild scored to yep. win the game. And Miko's dad, who's a great guy who I met doing Becoming Wild, we'll different get to story. that later. Yep. And he's, he's Finnish, and he's of that generation. They don't show a lot of emotion. And the Wild scored to win it, and he fist pumps, and then he realized, but wait. My son's t- one of my son also lost. lost. So as he mini fist pumps, he then just uses that hand to go over and like. Put his hands in his pocket. Just kind of fix his sport coat. <laughs> kind of like, I'm sure no one was watching. Little did you know. <laughs> Pat had a camera. Camera six. Rob Shaw, camera extraordinaire, was watching Mr. Koivu. So you got Rob Shaw on him the entire game? That's his entire job is to focus on him? Or does he have other no, no, jobs? No. He has a hundred other jobs. He did. Okay. All right. But in certain assignments, just like if we talk about boys high school hockey tournament, I'm a big reaction shot person. Yep. Okay. So I love reaction shots. I like the emotion. I like the change in emotion. Yep. And so in certain key moments, say there's an overtime goal in the in a high school hockey tournament. One well, of the greatest. We had event. one. Colin yeah. Hangstrom had yeah. one just this year. One of the greatest events that I that I'm fortunate enough to be involved in. Yep. Besides NFL, we'll NHL, get to this NBA, lo- much later. Boys yeah, high yeah. school hockey tournament, which yeah. when I run into my peers around the country and you might be having a conversation, what's your favorite event? What's your favorite thing? What do you do? Somebody might say, I love the Olympics. You know, I love the NBA finals. I like do this. I've right. always said. Boys high school hockey tournament. And for years they said, what? Really? High school hockey tournament. Yeah. And then I would send them a DVD copy. Of your of your Well, not of pump? mine, but of the, yeah, of the whole but tourney. Were you, or were you in charge before they cut it, uh, the pump-up video, the, the post-tournament, kind of the one yeah, shining yeah. moment? You used to direct that? or I Well, I mean, there was people involved in that. Shane Wasserman was a person who worked back in replay, and he would funnel all that those shots together. Thing. I think besides the all-hockey hair video, which I have my hand in to some degree, I won't admit to it. Um, but the, the other video was your video. Well, not mine. 
But I mean the cruise. The, but it was it, it was, was produced cruise. by KS. It was ch- well, it was five. A, well, it was part of our broadcast. Yeah, it was awesome. It would be. It was a video. It was part of one of the elements that you know. There's a five thousand different elements that go into a broadcast: pictures, stories, features, graphics, announcers telling the stories. Yeah, you know things that play out on the ice or the field or the pitch or whatever sport you want to talk about. Certain yeah. events happen. You know, you come in with your packet. Like, here's the storylines we're going to talk about. Yeah. Well, there have been games in the past where you say, "Here's what we're going to talk about," and then three plays in, the quarterback sprains his knee, and he's out. Now so, you have nothing to talk about, right? Well, you were going to talk yeah. about him, right? Yeah. You know what you're going to cook for dinner? You have all your ingredients, right? <laughs> here's what I'm making. Putting all these great ingredients, and all of a sudden you open up the fridge, and guess what? The milk's spoiled. Now you're yeah. Well, now now what you need to do? Now you got Audible. Yeah. Omaha. <laughs> Omaha. We're doing something different now. Yeah. Right? And so that's, that's, is that make it is that a hard night when when that happens? I don't think it is. It just we, it just steered differently. That's all it is. We're gonna go into we I wanna go off script. You never answered what the your favorite of type of sport to, to produce or, or direct is. And if I only can give one. Yeah, you had to pick one sport. I I can't say like one just tops the other. Yeah. Okay, well I'll give the qualifier that whatever event I'm currently doing. That's I love one. doing, yeah, but yeah. I would say, I would say overall, I would say college, uh, man, over, you know, actually, you know what? I would say overall, my favorite event that I do now yeah. is NFL. Okay. Because there's a hundred thousand people. Well, is it the people? Is it the, what's everybody's, it's, the it's, whole, it's big. Yeah, it is the biggest. It's the biggest by yeah. far. Football's not the biggest. Close. It's not close. It's the Pac-Man. If you do the pie chart of sports. Yeah, it is. Football's the Pac-Man. It is. It eats okay. up everything and else. On, and on the college side, some say it eats it up. I would say maybe it feeds everything else. Correct. Because Correct. the revenue of, if you look at Big Ten Network, I mean, football feeds everything. Football drives. But there's a reason with all those resources and, and maybe the revenue generated by college football that a lot of other sports enjoy that. The golf tournament's on TV in Big Ten. Not yeah. every conference has that. Swimming's on. I mean, there's 10 Everything gymnastics on. on during the year. Yeah. There's 25. Uh, do you ever do gymnastics? Uh, I have never done gymnastics. That would be tricky, too. It would be tricky. But it, there's a formula to most sports. I mean, if you think about it, gymnastics, if they go in order. I know some people, you know, Jim Wrestler, who I work with in college football, he does a lot of gymnastics. He's great at gymnastics. There's still a formula. Okay. You know, they're going to do the vault here. Then right. they're going to the rings. So those, even though they seem like they're probably chaotic, there's more of a formula there because you know what people normally do. And you know right? the events. You know who the, well, lead, you know you how know the leaders do. are. Yeah, well, you generally I mean? the same thing happens, right? I mean, if someone's coming to do a vault, they, I mean, the odds of that spring being like rocket repelled and firing them through the roof, right, it's probably gonna not going to happen. Yeah. You know, if it does, it's good TV. It's and probably it not going to happen. Hard, but my point is it wouldn't be hard. Like, like I go shoot still photos of non-hockey stuff. I'll, you know, someone says, yeah, come shoot my daughter in soccer. Yeah. Come shoot my guy in baseball. And I, you basically you're still the, – the still camera and your cameras are not much different. Like, where do I find the hero shot? Where do I find the kid sliding into home base? Where do I – how do I find the shot that's going to best, best tell the story? Right. Oh, very much. And I so. think I think gymnastics would be the same. Like, all right, well, she's going to come off the vault here, yeah. and she's going to be here, and I need to be right here when she comes off the vault. Yeah. So you get, basically, it's going to be camera positioning, just like an, camera just like hockey. But like anything else, as much as you prepare, you could be the best athlete in the world. You're not going to win every match or every game, and that's why if you're doing wrestling or if you're doing boxing, I did boxing for a few years. You don't know when the ref's going to back. You have a great corner shot, and some guys pull another guy, right and the ref it. goes in front. Right then, you have to Does cut the to their ref camera. Drive you crazy in, when you're doing sports because it drives my me good crazy friend too. Brian Monahan might be listening. Yeah, so it, I will never fine. say that any ref would ever drive me crazy. This is a zebra oh, they get positive. Fr- they get in front of me all they do. the time. 
And here's what happens in sports, too. And, it, you know, there's a couple people, like Steve Hurt is the guy that works in the penalty box for us for the boys' high school hockey yep. tournament, okay? He's the eyes and ears, the timeout coordinator. Some yep. call it a red hat. Yep. You've heard that term I before. Call him re- I call okay. him red hat. Well, if you see red hat in football, because yeah. they used to wear a red hat. They no yeah. longer wear a red hat, by the way. So if you want to go by a term, they wear red gloves. Oh, yeah, maybe it's the red and gloves. And guess what? Though. They're not even red gloves. They're orange gloves, by the way. Yeah, so yeah, the yeah. red hat is actually orange gloves. But This is the guy, just so everyone knows, this, the, the red hat, this is the person who tells the referees that they can now play because TV's ready to, to broadcast. In a nutshell, yes. Yep. Because in most other sports, the timeouts will happen, the TV timeouts, at a certain time on the clock. Yep, four minutes, correct? usually for every four minutes. Well, roughly, yes. Yep. But in the NHL, you know, you're going to hit at a certain time, 14, yep. 10, and 6. It's the first non-icing, right? right. Can't be in a power play. There's a, you can't go after a goal. You know, there's a different set of rules for every sport. Yes. Okay. Well, in football, television decides when you're going. You know you have to get four commercials into a quarter, yep. and you want to be on the same page with the officials, and generally you are, but sometimes an official will call off that timeout. Really? Just like I'm sure you've seen games in the past where you come back from commercial and they're already playing. You're like, what it happened? It happened in the uh, Gopher Bowl game against Auburn. They missed the touchdown. They missed the touchdown. I know they did. God, that was classic. <laughs> and I was like, what just That was not my game. Thank you. <laughs> and so what happened there is I can, I mean, so when people at home say what happened, unfortunately, me being stuck in television 20 years, I know exactly what happened. What happened in that Here's case? Here's what would have it happened. It rarely happens. Yeah, it's not rarely as rare happens. as you think. Well, but a key it, play in a touchdown is For sure. Huge. Yes, but you they know, Like plays, if you miss right. a, you know, an off-tackle run, no one really right. cares. You can always show a replay of it. Yeah. For sure. So what probably happened is, so there's a three-person link of communication. Okay, the producer yep. Yep. is now saying to that timeout coordinator, red hat slash orange gloves, yep. we want to go to break here. Okay, we want to go to break. Yep. And they did go to break, I believe. Yeah. But somehow, there's also a timer. You know, the red hat in the NFL is also next to the green hat. The yeah. green hat is supplied by the league. So you can't, in the old days, you might say, it's a two-minute commercial, but right. if you're in the TV truck, say you sold a whole bunch of extra commercials, okay? Oh, God. Nobody knows if it's two minutes or not. Yep. Now, if I say nobody, meaning, of course, the coaches know and the players know because they're attuned to all that stuff. Yep. Trust me. But you, maybe you're squeezing an extra 10 or 15 seconds out of every commercial zone. So the fans at home are losing, yep. but the advertising dollars are winning. Yep. So now they have timers down there. So my guess is that that was a two-minute and 30-second break on his stopwatch, but it was, in fact, on the schematic, break 13 was supposed to be a three-minute break. So he's trying to squeeze one in here. No, he wasn't squeezing one. I think he made a mistake. Oh, I think okay. break 13 oh. was a three-minute break, and he said 2.30 break, and the TOC probably did his hand signals. The ref looks over. Okay, we're in break now. Now we're going to go. You can only go at certain times, right? Right. You can go after punts. Right. You can go after change of possession, but you can't go on momentum. Yeah. Meaning, if there's a punt return to the opposing team's 30, you can't go. Really? Can't go. That's a momentum shift. Now, you would say, what yard line can they go on? And I would say, I have no clue. Right. It's up to the ref. That's so the why ref that has some discretion there. Full discretion. Huh. And so on a normal punt, things of that nature means down on the 20. He already knows beforehand because every ref who does a television game knows before the play, he looks down at that person. Now, they might be 75 yards away. Yeah. Because you're usually on 115 they or 20-yard line. They They never move. Right. And so they're down there, and the ref would look back and see, and they give hand signals. There's different signals you give, like, hey, we're right. going now. Or after a touchdown, he'll look over and say, we're going after the kick. Right. Every now and then, if maybe you get a game where there's a long drive, like a 10, 11-minute drive, something they crazy. They need commercials. Well, so here's what you do. You do a double up, meaning we're going to go after the extra point. We're also going to go after the kickoff. 
which is, by the way, this is not this is a hockey show, but that drives me insane when I'm at a football game. We're like, okay, we've just got we a, just we went just to commercial. commercial, now we're going to another commercial. It ha- happened at Vikings games all the time, but and it's, it, it even has to pain you to do that, isn't it? Well, here's what I would say, at, though. In the truck, you have to, it's a little bit I will bit stay painful. neutral. And Come if it on, pains me it's a little painful well, to I mean, go com- four minutes of ads, kick off, four minutes of ads. Well, remember, though. I want to blow my brains out when on that a, If you're in the hornet's nest yeah. for six, seven hours, I'm not going to complain at all. About a two-minute break because that no, gives us yeah, time. I, I that that gives us time to, to get our stuff in order. Okay, right? let's put a package together. You got all three touchdowns <laughs> right there. Put a front end on that. You got a full page build of touchdowns per quarter right here. Great, stand by, coming up, and that's where you communicate with the announcers. You know, in the foot, the college football package I have is phenomenal. The announcers I have, they're phenomenal. Brandon Godden is the play-by-play. Yep. He lives in Atlanta. He does a ton of high-end Westwood One sports. He did a bunch of NFL games last year. He's the voice of the Madden game. Right. He's a great guy. The analyst last year for the first year, the previous years I was working with Coach Mason, Glenn Mason. Yeah. Great guy. Fun. Yep. Now last year, James Laronitis from Wyzetta. Played a bunch of years in the NFL. Played ho- high school hockey. Played Wyzetta. high school hockey, yeah. Played on a junior team. He brings up his hockey stories. His junior team was him, uh, Dom Barber, and uh, Blake Wheeler. Isn't that crazy? I said, how'd you guys do? He goes, we were pretty good. <laughs> and That's so, pretty good. But, so for that crew... That you know, going back to that one snapshot of that college football game in a certain moment, the people at home are hearing their information from the announcers. You know, right. plus yes. the sideline reporter Elise, she's awesome. Elise Meneker, who got a job this year, now she's going to work for the Cubs, assuming baseball comes back in the summer, right. which I'm sure it will. Um, and she's our sideline reporter. And so that being said, is the announcers are going to supply that information to the people at home. Yep. That's who you hear it from. Yeah, you're getting your information. Just like no different than a sportscaster or maybe a weather person or an announcer. Now, that information that was also coming, not just from those two, although they have lots of research and they have their stories, but many of those stories are coming from the producer, director, graphics, people in replay, the great camera ops that we have. You know, some of those storylines, we all work together. You can only show one thing at a time. Right. You know, like I said, it's, it's a lot of ingredients, but at the end, it's only one meal. Right. You're putting and one meal on. Sometimes it takes it's everybody. a great meal. Sometimes it's not, right? I'd like to say they're all pretty good. All pretty good. All right. So let's go down the board here. So uh, have you had any experience? What is your experience with live interviews? You know, you get you, 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 the period's over. You got to go downstairs sure. and talk to the coach or talk to the player. Yeah. Uh, what is your take on this? Is, is this interesting TV? <laughs> or is this, the, would you, if you could get rid of it, would you take it? Because I now do these types of interviews sure. post game and like, but now I'm getting bored. Like, this isn't exactly the most exciting thing in the world. The answers aren't very exciting. And the answers from a, from a hockey player aren't very exciting. What's your take on that? Well, I mean, it's a wide brush right there. So to say all of them, you know, compared to some of them, because some coaches are great sound bites. Yep. Some players are better sound bites than others. I mean, as far as the formula, you know, you're filling a two-hour window, two and a half, three hours, yeah. three and a half, depending on sport, right? So you kind of fit them in there in the fact that you're, you're, you're filling time. Right. It can't all be, you know, you can't have three hours of straight penalty shots or line brawls, right? No. I mean, there's going to be some other things that go in there. And so that being said, as far as those interviews, yeah, I mean, if you never get a player for another between-period interview, you just hit the button on the tape, right? Hey, we're playing hard. We just got to get pucks deep, you know, just rolling the lines. They got a good squad over there. We got a good squad. They got a good goalie. Coach said, you know, just play hard. Just got a forward check, you know. Right. It's unbelievable. They say the same thing. And because I think hockey. You got to get pucks well, deep. If I hear that one more well, time. Well, hockey more than others, though. Okay, hockey, and there's a reason for that, is the fact that hockey tends to keep Everyone, the old school way was keep everyone in check, right? Yep. Nobody's allowed to celebrate. 
No one. See, I'm the opposite yep. of that. I loved it that the NFL allowed finally, finally the no fun league that, yeah, allows they, they, that, yeah. and people love it because not everybody watches football to figure out but Nick difference between the nickel and the dime package, No, right? they just want okay. to see guys having fun. They want to see them having fun. You're watching TV. You want to have – people are worried about how come their kids aren't coming home for curfew, why their light bill went up, right? Right. They can't afford their, their groceries. They want to see people having fun. They don't want to invest three hours and watch miserable people. It's not like watching Night of the Living Dead. And so, you, so that So you said, love the celebration in hockey. I, I've always been a huge Ovechkin guy. Huge. I love it. Yeah. You got, in life – if, if we can't celebrate our best moments in life, what are we doing? Yeah, well, I mean, if, if your kid has a great ACT and fist pumps, what do you do? Hey, go to your room. <laughs> You're not, 35, right. really? Fist yeah. pump on a That's 35? It. Get back in your room. <laughs> I mean, aren't you allowed to celebrate in life? Isn't life challenging enough as we're finding in these times? Enjoy the moments. And so those moments, the sellies, going back to the high school hockey, I try to direct cameras in a way that I'm going to capture the most excitement and people having the best time. I'm not a big fan of finding people in the crowd miserable when their team's losing. I don't do that. Or the or the 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 one that we never take just seems like we don't really go after it. It's the agony of defeat uh, picture where the kids lying on the ice and down. I probably published three of those photos in in ten years. It it just doesn't it doesn't really speak well to our brand of what we're trying to promote the game. And you and I, that's where you and I agree, you know, Very much you, know so. you and I could list off example after example. And uh, one of them is, is the whole metal ceremony. Like, like you go back to the, the uh, Jack Jablonski not getting his medal, right? Yeah. He was, didn't, he didn't get his medal. He, he, he weren't, he wasn't allowed on the ice, right? Uh, that's correct. Yeah. So like, that's a classic example of, uh, I hate to say it, small-minded thinking. It's like, okay, well, this kid was on the team, and he inspired this. If it weren't for Jack Jablonski, they don't probably win a state title. Well, why is, right? you know, yeah, I agree. So well, he I'm, not, get I'm, I'm actually not sure about that. I mean, I can't, you know. But he's a big part of it. That what, what His injury. It was, it was an important thing for the team. Yeah. Okay? So are too many things black and white in the sports world? Yes. Most definitely. There's got to be some gray area. But he's one of the, going back to this, he's one of the best stories of this decade. He's one of my favorite stories of the decade, of this for decade. sure. No question about it. Especially now as, he keeps, as, now as he keeps uh, overcoming, you know, yeah. and recently got a job with the L.A. Kings, you know, yeah. and showing to be a, a great young man. But situations like that, I mean, I, I would have a thousand. This podcast would have to go until 2025 for me yeah. to get into all the stories of, yes, I'm not a big fan of bureaucracy. Right. I'm not a big fan of, of black and white. Okay, I think there needs to be some gray area. Like we talked about before the recorder on. It isn't always two questions during the broadcast. Well, it doesn't. During I mean, the live I, interview. I don't like to think that anything is always because we cover sports for a living. Yeah. Okay. So why not use the examples of what goes on in sports? Okay. So you would never tell a player if you were a coach in any sport, always do this. You would never do that. No. You know what you'd tell them to do? Maybe read and react. Or whichever term you want to use. But let's right. just use that one to, you know, for the yeah, simplest yeah. one. Read and react. So really, so in life, I don't really just do everything no, always do like I'm a robot. But unfortunately, there are still some examples out there. Well, we've always done it this way, which I usually respond with. Well, we've always done it wrong then. Yeah. Okay. Be innovative. Do something different. It's okay. I mean, tell, tell the story differently. Tell the story differently. Yeah. And you know what? Find a positive. And if we're doing something, we in the collective, maybe right. in the live television world, if we are doing something that maybe isn't beneficial to everybody or somebody, 
Why not change it? I agree. We've always done it this way. Well, guess what? Let's change We it. have human brains. Yeah. We can change it. But the problem is, is some of the insecure who don't want to change, they're worried about the fact that someone's going to point out, you've done it wrong forever. Get past that. Okay? Throw that out of the wash. Let's move forward. Let's do something different. You know, be... Be innovative. My dad and I always debated about one great movie, Jay Edgar, okay? Because yeah. he's from that generation. He doesn't want Big Brother watching him. Yeah, yeah. Okay? Well, me, I live a boring life. I'm like, half at it. Put 100 <laughs> cameras in my life, you're going to be bored to tears, right? Yeah. It's a new cure for insomnia watching me. <laughs> Trust me. But what I'm reading a physics book. That's what I used <laughs> yeah. to do. Like, oh, I'll read physics. Good. I'll put me to sleep but right There's away. a great quote in that movie. It says, innovators aren't often celebrated and never at first. Never. Okay? Ever. Never, ever. Why? Because they're different. Yeah, it's weird. I know. You remember, li- they, remember they put the camera in the XFL? They put the camera coming down the goalposts to yeah. view beyond? That was, at the time, the weirdest thing ever. Yeah. Now it's the norm. But yeah, I remember it when first the Sky Camp came up, people were like, what is that? They I like a, to, a wire coming down. Yeah. I like to know? take it. I mean, I, I still take that camera live. You know, you'll see it in replays on NFL. Always when you're watching on replays. On replays. But I, for the in-stadium show, if you're at the Vikings... It's fun. I go to that live a lot because you're seeing it the perspective of the person with the ball. Yeah, it's totally different. That's the person who directs the play in a, in a particular play in a football game, the person who has the ball. The quarterback is deciding, and you're getting a chance to see what he's seeing. And, and this, what's different, I'm glad we brought this up, the sky cam, because what's, what's different is in hockey is the only sport where you can't do it. Like you, you've, ever, you've seen uh, basketball games where they go to the timeout and the camera guy's literally on the court in about eight, you know, point yeah, eight seconds. He runs yeah. a four four forty and he's right in LeBron James' face or the college yep, yep. player's face. Walk off shot, we call and it. Get the walk off. No, yeah, but but they're also on the courts. They're, they're yeah. the football. Uh, they now the cameramen are allowed to run on the field. One get, one camera one, person is that what it is? Steady, yeah, one camera. The one steady guy. Cam. Yeah, goes in there and covers. That. That's getting us as viewers way more up close uh, attention to, to the game. To the game. And you can't do it in hockey because then you'd have to open oh, yeah. the gate. And well, you still see it from time to time, maybe if they're doing lineups or before games. See, I'm not a big fan. Like, I don't want to affect it. I never want to affect the game. Right. Okay, I've never been that. I, I'm not a person who sees it like, well, let's do this because it's going to be great for TV. Okay, I still think the sanctity of the game is more important. Like, right. I don't want to change the game. So, so years ago, 15 years ago, 20 years ago, when the big thing was miking up players all the time. Yes. Okay. It happened all the time. You do one every broadcast, sometimes just the national feeds, whether it was ESPN2 or Versus, some yeah. of those other networks. Okay. Well, from, the, from my history of seeing this, people act differently. They have a oh, mic I was watching a Sean Avery mic up just this morning and thought, this guy is playing to the mic like For he's sure. ever played. And if you know Sean Avery, I mean, that's, that's who he is. Was to- yeah, but, but I don't want to affect the game. Like if you're, you know, when they skate out with the camera pregame, you know, some goalies have a routine. Right. So in, in goalies, obviously in hockey, we can they're talk, talk more about the later. Yep. Well, I wouldn't say weird, but they're different. I mean, they're trained to be that way. Once again. They're just a product of what some parents been telling them for 16 years, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's had to, that every goal in the NHL had to sit in the backseat of a station wagon for two <laughs> decades and listen to his mom or dad or Uncle Jerry tell him about what he did wrong. Right. So, of course, they're going to slowly clamp down, right? Yeah. I mean, they got a mask on, for That's goodness sake. That's true. And they're true. trained to be as unemotional as possible. So, someone get down on the set. Who knows what they're thinking about? The whole game's riding on them. And then what happens over their flank? Here comes a camera person. Pre-game. Skating out pregame, putting a camera in his face, you know? It's like yeah, there, that's a there little are, weird. There are no moments to hide. That's a little weird, yeah. So I don't know, but it's one of those topics where can you quantify that? Like, can you ask somebody, hey, did that bother you? Eh, yeah, no. Well, then I guess it did. Yeah. 
than it did a little bit. Yeah, no. You know, yeah, that sounds like it does a little bit. So I still, I love all the, you know, I like steady cam running a quarterback on the field, get a shot of him. Yeah. They'll run him out, then run past and go from there. I like. I don't mind that. I like that. I, I like a camera on the ice post game. Handshake lines. Love it. I like that. Yeah. Following the Stanley Cup around. Love that. Listen to the guys with the Love cups. Love that, right? Hearing all those great sound bites. And I think, beep, 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 yeah, beep, beep. Right. I do love the Stanley Cup hoist. That's one, yeah. one thing I, I stick around. I'm like, you know, the game's over. I'm still, I got to watch this. Because yeah. this is their moment in the sun. I don't think they mind that camera in their face when they're hoisting no, that no, cup. No, no, no. They love it. Right, right. They absolutely love and it. And I'm Players saying so many it. of them are, are, so mu- are so professional that it, I'm not in there. I mean, I'm just speaking. This is just my guess. Yeah. You no, know, I don't know what an NHL goalie thinks in that moment. Right. Or maybe as a guy's walking down 18 at St. Andrews to win the Open Championship and they have a robotic camera going along him now on a Segway. Yeah. Zipping in in front of him. I don't know. It's crazy. It's crazy. All right. So I want to talk a little bit more, talk sweep through some hockey stuff. Before we do, uh, I want to ask you some of your great where, when, you know, things that you've been involved with with Minnesota sports. And I know one I want to get to before we, we hit the record button again, and that is um, the Blake Hoff Arbor shot. And then we'll go into hockey and sports. So, okay. so you, uh, it was like you were like my claim to fame. You know, you, you, this kid gets an SB, and he probably doesn't get the SB if your camera isn't literally on his, literally a foot away from him while he's sitting on his butt shooting a left-handed shot in to win a state championship. This would be the you classic. You were producing this or directing this. I game. was, I was, I was. I think the first year that I was actually doing the tournaments, we're going on sixteen. This now is at those. the Target Center, right? Target Center. Yep. yep. And, you know, after 10,000 games, were they playing Eastview, maybe? I don't remember. I think it was Eastview. I, don't I think remember. it was Hopkins Eastview. But anyhow, this is the classic take, uh, make lemonade out of lemons, okay? Right. So some of the, the bylaws, the rules of the high school league are starting to open up. I mean, there's yep. a lot of great people over there. Okay? We, yep. we're, we work with a lot of great ones, okay? You know, it wasn't, let's just say it's not quite as stringent as it once was. Right. As you can tell, I'm dancing around this topic. Yes, yes. I love it. Doing a little dancing. But anyhow, let's go 2005, I think it was, or six, one of those years. I can't remember. But anyhow, the rule then was you couldn't send that camera person on the court at the end of a game. Okay? Okay. Now, we talked about in commercials running out and getting a shot. Yeah, right, right. Because in the bylaws of the book for the high school league, it it says you can't because you have to keep room for the still photographers. Right. Okay. okay, well, that was written, I think, before seven people in the world even had right. TV. Yeah. So, what do you help? So, the rule was, so they're about to win. It's a final shot, right? I mean, yes. 99.9% of the time, that game's going to end. Add yep. a few more nines. Yep. So, I couldn't send a camera onto the court. So, I said, okay, go stand on the other team's bench. Okay. So, the camera person, Chris Trudeau, camera person extraordinaire, yep. also can give great advice if you need any landscaping, by the way. Side topic. I should have it paid <laughs> off in about five years. Chris Trudeau is on the sideline because you would, you would never see a camera person on a baseline. Ever. Where a bench is. Ever. But the reason he was there is because somebody was playing hardball and wouldn't allow a camera to go on the court to capture up-close moments of kids, you know, hugging. Celebrating, yeah. Celebrating. Yeah. So, I said, okay. I'll beat the system. Go stand on the other team's bench. So he stood there. And ball that, got was, that was not on the court then, right? It wasn't on the court, no. All it right. wasn't on the court. Ball got deflected from 93 and a half feet away. Yes. Ended up on his lap, and the rest is history. And he shoots the ball from his butt, yes. literally from his butt, from his into butt. the net. Yeah. They win state championship. Well, they didn't, they didn't win then. That's they what people remember. It? Yeah, they went to overtime. 
Okay, I double thought overtime. I, I thought actually, a, I thought, whatever. Yeah, but that but yeah, shot then makes Sports Center. What oh. what award did he win on an? Well, he won the ESPY, the shot what? of the year, the shot play, of the year, player of the year, player of the year, or something. Yeah, play of the year, play of the year. And the and this is back before phones. This is back before any of that's really that popular. Like if yeah. you don't get that shot, he doesn't get that ESPY. Probably not. No. And Chris Trudeau was on it. He was perfectly framed, well-focused, as always. Yeah. There was a few other camera angles of that as well. Okay. But that was just an interesting story where, you know, and if, if it would have been where it needed to be, it wouldn't have had as good a shot. You would have right. been looking through a maze of bodies through the lane. Right. So, yeah, that, that's one of those where. You got lucky in a way. In a way, very fortunate. Yeah. Right? Fortunate. The rules worked for you, right? I, I think so. In that case. But that's right. the beauty of it, though. Is, like I said, TV is the same as sport. I mean, every. Every show, every game is different. So in addition to live sports, which we've been talking about a lot, you've also produced for the last eight years Becoming Wild. Yes. Um, if you've seen the show, it's basically a, a day in the life kind of with a, a player on the wild. They air usually after a wild game, right? That's when it usually – Before On or before, whatever. They, the game, they are right? all season long, yeah. Fox and, Sports and, North. And your job is they hand you the keys. They hand you a list of players. To, or do you, do you pick the players? How does it all work? Generally, the players are picked by a combination of the GM mm-hmm. and Aaron Sickman. Okay. PR extraordinaire, Aaron Sickman. And so he will – and Aaron's a good friend of mine. I've worked since – I mean, I started working at the Wild in 2000. Right. When I moved back here. Like I said, I'm freelance now, but I moved back to Minnesota when the Wild started. I was director of broadcasting. So you've been team. back for 20 years. 20 years. All right. Crazy. And you were in L.A. for 10, right? Well, I was in L.A. for 8, and I was in Scottsdale, Scottsdale for 4. Yeah, Phoenix for 4. Yeah. So Aaron Sickman, who's uh, awesome – he would help frame which shows they are, which which players are going to be. All right. So then after that, so we so pick, let's, the, so let's, pick the players. Let's pick a player you just did pick last any year. year. Okay. Um, let's pick. Uh, how about Fiala? Kevin Fiala. You did him last year. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. So you did Fiala. Where do you go? We go to Kevin Fiala is Swiss. Yep. But he lives in Sweden. Okay. Makes so, sense. So part of this part of the show, you know, and I helped steer the show eight years ago was the fact is I want to get the players in their own environment. So yep. you have to do it in the off season. Yep. I mean, I could go interview anyone during the season. Would you go to the banquet hall yeah. in the Ramada Inn and ask him 15 questions? You know, this all is actually a finger from the earlier conversation talking about celebrating and people not celebrating in hockey and everyone right. stays in check. Everyone gives the same sound bite, okay? Well, I would no, say they're very down to earth, too. Well, they're down to earth, but no hockey player is going to sit in a rink and let his personality come open for one reason. He's waiting for the door to open. So and his other team no. Oh yeah. No. He's waiting for the door to open. His other teammates to come in and give him grief. Yes. As Kyle Brodziak said on a Becoming Wild years ago in Edmonton, the only reason we play hockey is to be able to give our buddies the gears, as he called it. <laughs> Giving them the gears. And that's exactly it, right? There's no better that's why it's fun watching them hoist the cup. And you watch them jump around after goal and all five players come together and celebrate. Because it's fun. It's a collective effort. And if someone's having fun, you're generally going to have fun. If you walk up and people are telling jokes, you're going to want to be involved, right. right? It's cumulative. You get a lot of people happy together. It makes more people happy. And so steering back to that, so when I can get a player in their own environment, if I go to Nino's house you know, in Switzerland, need a writer, and he lives in the same house with his parents and grandma that he grew up in, the same house where his dad would drive him up as far as the roads could go, and he would let him out of the car, and he would snowboard down and end up at his back door. Okay, if you go see Charlie Coyles in South Boston, yeah, and he still totally plays. different. Then, he still right? plays. No, but he's still a kid. He still plays with all of his twenty neighborhood kids on his buddy's roller rink. 
Okay, that's what he does there. I mean, you go to Jason Zucker's place in Vegas, you know, born and raised in Nevada. You get a chance to see that he's super tight with his family and his brothers and his sister, and they have a roller rink that he used to play. I mean, he grew up playing roller hockey. Right. You know, you can go to Dubnik's house, and he lives up on, you know, Lake Okanagan up in Western Canada, you know, and there's all these different stories. I mean, eight seasons worth. I mean, well over 50 shows. How many times have you been to Europe? Oh, is it every six year? Six or seven. Uh, well, let's see. I, would, I mean, I wouldn't be able to remember them all. This last year, did went you ever to, do Hala? Uh, we did Hala here. You did here, okay. We did, right. uh, but but in Finland, we did Granlund. We saw Granlund over there. Yeah, Granlund. He's an awesome guy, Mikhail Granlund, and um, who's a he's a huge basketball fan. So one of his segments really? was out uh, on a on a court. He used to love shooting baskets. And then his other brother still plays in the NHL. You know, Marcus Granlund. Yep. So him and his brothers have this huge rivalry. I mean. A, a loving, friendly rivalry. Yeah, but yeah. I don't care if they're talking about who can grab the ketchup quicker. They're going to have a competition <laughs> over it. And we had a few contests set up. They played bocce ball. It was a great segment. You realize that all these people, all the Becoming Wild people, I mean, I've done 50 shows, Norway, Sweden, Switzerland, Finland, Canada, United States, across the map, okay? They're all just like us. They're regular people. They have friends, family, hobbies, interests, chores. They have things they do. Talk but, about chores. What hey, do you mean by the, chores? The only difference is they're way better at hockey yeah. than the rest of us. Well, That's the chores. Only so, th- so you mean they're, they're actually uh, well, they do the they're same actually things. cleaning the kitchen? They don't have someone who comes in and cleans their kitchen for They them? clean the kitchen. They really? clean the cat box. They have to take go clean up in the yard for the dog. They take the dog to the vet. Yeah. Oh, believe me, they don't have – I mean, they might have a Wheel of Fortune free spin when it comes to the sporting world. Yeah. But when they would get back home, you think any of their buddies are giving them that free spin? Oh, no. No. Or do you think they're significant other if they have one? No. No chance. Yeah. I've seen plenty of battle inside the home front you of... You talked about one with me uh, where the guy was uh, off on camera. He he just was not happy with how, how the direction of the thing. Talk about that one. No, right I will not. No. We won't name, the, we won't name no, no, any no, names. No. You're, you're pick out of the 50-some shows, you're picking oh, there the was only one. one. There's there was only one, one there trouble. Was only, we won't get into it. So. it. It wasn't even much of trouble either. It was someone who wanted to, to shape, who wanted to make sure they look good. So it took a little bit of a conversation with me and that person saying, listen, you are going to look good. Like no our, matter what, the show. The, re, the reason why the show is successful. is because okay? you're making them look good. Right? Well, no, they make themselves look good. Yeah, I'm just electing to sh- to choose the best moments of them looking good. I don't remember the player now, but it was a dispute between the player and the wife before. There no was camera. No camera right, was involved. Right. I, I, will not was... Ma- I will not mention the name. No, but no, I'll, no. I'll give this scenario. So here's what. That's what it is. Yeah. So here's yeah. what it was. And I've asked a lot of these players. Like I said, they're all human. Okay? Yeah. I mean, they all. I mean, most of them, 356 days a year. Yeah. Eat wonderful. Way better than any of us, okay? Oh, that's what it was. But it was, I said, so what is your cheat days, as they say? I don't have any cheat days. I'm like, come on. <laughs> like, everybody has a cheat day. Do you eat it extra? You go to, you know, In-N-Out Burger? Yeah. Are we talking Haagen-Dazs? Do you right. hammer down a bag of chips, right? And he goes, I never have a cheat day. And in the background, his significant other came out carrying four large bags of chips and said, you mean like these? And the unknown player lost his mind. Right. Because I think his and this insecurity. Was the cameras took over. weren't on, right? I mean, of course they were on. Oh, they were on. Okay, of course they were oh, on. Okay, so you can't use it, right? This is. Well, I, I wouldn't have used it. No, no, no. I wouldn't have used it. And then the player said to her, "Really? Do you want me to get the ice cream out of the freezer and show them what you eat?" <laughs> and then I told the player, "We're not doing a show on her. We're doing a show on you." Right. So it calmed down. It was just one little moment. But for the That's most part, so funny though. Oh yeah. And I don't honestly, I don't remember which player it was. But yeah, I, remember I do. Telling but me, I won't tell like, you. Yeah, it's so but funny. The cool part. Th- 
thing about these different shows is, you know, I remember a couple, three things from from every show, right? If you go to, I went to Norway last year, you know, Zuccarello, or went to see Eric Sinek, you know, I mean, across the board, you find out how all of them are, are good human beings. Yeah. You know, they do a lot. There was one that we did with, uh, you know, I'll tell this story, Danny Heatley. Okay, I did a show yep. with Danny Heatley, and we showed up, and he lives on Lake Okanagan, okay? And so, you know, I've never been a big fan to trust the media anyhow, okay? Well, when I was around Danny Heatley, what I realized was he's a good dude, and he oh, does a lot yeah. for other people. So we went up there to do the Danny Heatley show, and there's usually two people that travel. Dusty Peterson, he works at the Wild full-time. He does a videographer. He's an editor. He's a great guy. He does a great job. But it's really been him and I for 50 episodes. Pete right. Keffer's the editor. He finished it off. Pete yep. does a nice job editing. But other than that, besides Pete editing... It's, you know, it's, it's three people total. It's Pete, Dusty, and me. That's it. Yeah. You know, it's not 24-7 when you see a crew of 17 going in the locker room at HBO. There's three of us who put the show together. Right. Okay? So Dusty's always been along. So Dusty and I were there, and we get up there, and he says, I'm not sure if I'm going to be able to do the show today. Like, well, that's odd since we just got up here. Yeah. Right? Well, it turns out his, one of his best friends was just diagnosed with terminal cancer. Oh, wow. That morning. Before yeah, we got, he, he had just enough, got the he had news. enough death issues in his life at this point, right? Well, yeah, but dark well, spots in his life. Nah, right? he didn't have any more than everybody else. He had one spot, but he's a good human being. And so his deal is, he spent the last three years up there taking care. Not before knowing that this person had this, uh, you know, cancer, terminal cancer. Right. He didn't have children at this point, but he built a workout area in his in his house up there, which is pretty nice. You can imagine. Yep. And it was free for all for those three kids. So he told us. Hey, do me a favor. Can you make sure these kids are in the episode a bunch? He wanted them in there. Yeah. He wanted them in there. You know, those are the moments that don't get out. You know, right. how's that moment ever going to get out? You're going to see it on a live broadcast? No. You're going to see it anywhere? You don't see it, you know. And there's 50 of those. You know, it's the Charlie Coyle story, I tell you. When I went to Charlie Coyle, and he plays roller hockey, and he's a Southie from South Boston, oh, yeah. okay? And he has his 20 buddies, and they play roller hockey. Every day they play roller hockey. Even now, that's what he does. They go yeah. play roller hockey, okay? And they all have different jerseys, and they play shootouts and stuff. He goes, hey, just want you to know, hey, there's one guy that, that comes out here, okay? His name's Vinny. He's been our team manager for, like, you know, 20 years for the high school team. He's, he's always the team manager. And I don't even know why I thought this, because I've been around Charlie, and Charlie's an awesome guy. But, you know, you sort of get predisposed, unfortunately. You get hardened in the world when somebody yeah. tells that, okay? It's his 30 minutes. Now, you're pretty sure you think what you're going to hear and you hear the opposite. Charlie goes, you know, and he's, he's a great guy. He's been our manager for 20 years. Can you do me a big favor? Yeah, what's that? He goes, can you make sure he's in the show a bunch? Really? Yeah, it was awesome. You know, it was awesome. And it was just the fact that he said it. His show, his 30 minutes, what he cared about was, was taking, care, Vinny in. taking care of Vinny. Okay, he wanted to take care of Vinny. Yeah. And so we set up the show where Vinny, they do a shootout at the end. So Vinny won the shootout. Yeah. Okay? I mean, Vinny still scored. They do a show. Vinny ran five laps around the place, okay? <laughs> and so I saw Charlie later that year. I wasn't traveling with the Wild anymore. I was off doing other things, but I freelance do this show. And I ran into Charlie later in the locker room. I think I was back at the Wild doing something. And he made it a point. He came all the way over to me and said, Vinny, watch that tape every day. Thanks so much for putting that in. You know, it meant more to him right. to get Vinny in there. You know, you're, you're making memories. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's the power of what you can do with TV or live TV, you can do what you want to do. I mean, you can go on a broadcast. You can be as negative as you want to be. You can throw around the words, oh, he choked. That's stupid. That was terrible. You can do that if you want to. You can. You, you can if you want to, right? You can. But I like to always do the opposite. Why not show the celebration shot? 
Let's show people in their best possible light. Yeah. Let's make people happy. It's entertainment. We're in the wallpaper business. You're I'm just, wallpaper and people's TVs geez. with stuff, okay? Yeah. So I'd rather wallpaper with a big smile than a big jumbo frown. You know, That's true. If a, there's a classic moment two years ago. Was it a year ago or two years ago? Anyhow, watch the Bears-Eagle. I don't know why I remember. Yeah, we talked about this one Okay, before. well, Bears-Eagles. The, the Bears kicker had missed four field goals that year where he hit the post, right? Yep. Okay, so that's an easy one to put a little uh, – uh, highlights together, right? Hey, let's yep. show how bad this guy is, right? Yep. Hey, let's propel how bad this guy is. Well, they lost in overtime. Missed I think a kick. I, it might have been overtime. I'm sorry. It was late in the game. He missed yep. a game. Yep. He missed the game winner, the game loser, whatever it was. And they said, oh, the kicker missed. And they have to show. Now let's go back and show all the other ones he missed this year. Let's stay on that topic, right? Let's yep. hammer that, how bad this guy is. Let's hammer that topic. And then 20 minutes later, it comes in the out. locker room, 20 minutes later, they go in and ask one of the Philadelphia Eagles players, hey, what would you think about him missing the field goal? And the guy says, actually, I blocked it. And then they go back and they review go, it. what? Yeah, I blocked that field goal. They were so quick to judge somebody, to put something negative out there. Hey, let's propel the storyline. If they would have dug a little deeper and realized, yeah, he did miss it. But, you know, if you block an oblong object, you know, through the air from 37 yards away, it might affect its flight path. Yeah. So they come back and they say, so if you look in the NFL books, it's not a, it's not a miss anymore. It's, it's a block. block. It's a block kick. Yeah. But once again, they spent 20 minutes. And no one will ever remember that that guy had a kick blocked or deflected. Very few. I will. I, I would, when you told me this story, I would have never remembered. I'm like, oh, yeah, I remember he missed that. And, well, yeah, well, and but, well, why Eagles is it? went on and won. Yeah, because, because people. Because it sells. Well. You know, people are negative and negative sells. Well, it used to. But once again. Innovators aren't often celebrated. I think it is turning, though, don't you? Well, I'm doing my small little drop in the large bucket. I don't – here's a class. Next time you watch a hockey game, okay, main game camera. The main goes game camera. Goes back and forth. Okay, right? it goes back and forth. Okay, well, generally, in a perfect world, that's when a goal happens. You're on that camera. Yep. Otherwise, it's a little bit of a – you know, strange and please angle. get that thing tight. I, I I scream at my camera guys all the time. When, get the thing tight. Get Dude, the you thing got a 95-inch TV in your fourth guest bedroom. I don't think you need to have it that tight on the size of TVs you have, Tony. Okay? I know, but I, 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 want it, I want it. I want it up for, for a live stream youth game. I want that thing as tight those, as you can. Okay, those are different Tighter. cameras. Those are different cameras. Okay. Because a lot of times we, we have that camera. Literally, it's... It's yeah, two ants. I don't want watch. I don't want my audience watching ants. I want them okay. to watch a life size. Well, then player. you'll have to come in and sit on one of my camera meetings. When we do college football next year. It's the top, excuse me, top sheet of all my list says looser, looser, not and tighter. I'm tighter. And here's why: because if I shoot tight, well, the quality of your lens oh, yeah, yeah. compares ours. But the other part too is day. think about this: if I shoot tight, I am now forcing the people at home to watch what I want to see. Yes. Now, if I shoot looser. I'm giving you the opportunity. To watch whatever you want. Do you want to watch the defenseman backing down? You want to see the battle up there? You want to see the person at the point keeping it in? You want to see the goalie? You want to see the fans? You want to see where the, if you're a big fan of the officials, what's the backside <laughs> ref doing? Is he on the line? Is he blocking our camera? But that's why I say I think it's uh, a little bit selfish to shoot tighter. No, but I'll have guys that they're – my camera guys will be so wide that, that you can see the whole rink. I'm like, yes, no, that's too bring that sure. thing down. Bring yeah. that thing down to the zone. I want to I want to be able to – I want my subject to be a little bit bigger. You can see their jerseys. I want to see okay. some more definition in, sure. in what I'm going to see. Okay. But you're, you have an HD camera, so it's – Well, it better be. Or you I'm know what I mean? going to be fired quicker than I already will be. Right. So, but if you think about hockey, think about football this way, okay? So, and I'll just use one. Opening kickoff three years ago, I think it was three years ago, I have Penn State in the opener, football. Yep. Going left to right, 
Barkley runs back the opening kick on a Penn State whiteout for a touchdown. You could have heard it in Pittsburgh. Right. To the student side, which has 28,000 white w- clad with the pom-poms, yeah, okay? Yeah, perfect, right? So as he ran into that from game camera, camera two is the one on the 50-yard line in football, always one, yeah. two, three. There's three game cameras in football, one yeah. for everything else. Camera two's got it, and he is going, and he goes and he scores, okay? Now, if I, if I directed that like NHL directed or right. most other hockey, yep. they tend to, just like if you're – I'm using an example here. If you watch any most hockey games, okay, when somebody scores a goal, tell me what that camera does. Tell me what the assignment that that camera physically does, okay? It just stays there. No, it doesn't. Where does it go? It zooms to the goalie. Yes. Yes. Yes, yeah. Someone thought that was a good idea in 1966, right before that in We've RC Cola. We've always done Cola. it that way, Pat. Okay. <laughs> We've always done it that way, okay? Yeah. So my thought is, are you, are you purposely trying to squeeze all the emotion out of the shot? You are. So what you did, what you just did there is you, you removed all the people celebrating. Yeah. Four guys jumping in the glass, or gals, in a girls' yep. game. Yep. Jump, they celebrate in hockey like no one's ever scored before. Like they just found the Winter Carnival medallion. They, they did. And they I, do love now. I love I never, it. Yeah. I love it. I love it. Celebrate your good moments. And so as, but you know what we're doing? We're now pushing to this person that has slowly been trained their whole life to be unemotional. Okay? Yeah. So goalie needs to be... Not to be in their head. They need to be unemotional, no reaction. Right. And he's wearing a mask. <laughs> and generally, they turn around to fish the puck out of the net. Right. So, so we can only show one thing at a time. Why are we electing to shoot the back of an unemotional goalie wearing a mask? But when, a, meanwhile, over here. Barkley's jumping into the stands, right? But I think we see more, more and more of that, you know, you, celebrations. You tell me. Once hockey gets up and running. Watch a classic game and tell me what game camera does. Okay. Oh, it always goes to the goalie. Yeah. So here's what I do. On the games I have done, whether I worked at the NHL when I did this for the Wild or, or even 10 high seasons, school tournament. or high school tournament, what happens when somebody scores? That camera loosens up. So if I still want to focus on the goalie sitting in my living room because I'm in a sour mood all day and right. I want to see somebody else be sour, yep. yeah, I can watch the goalie there. I can watch the goalie in the corner, but on the right side of the screen, You're I see frame it. So well, you I can see, see five people jumping around going nuts. But what else can I see? I can also see 2,000 students losing their marbles. Yeah. Okay? And I think that's the shot you want. You want the students, right? right? And it's Hawaiian night. So they all have their Hawaiian lays on and their shirts, and they're going nuts. And the band's playing. Why shoot it tight? Shoot it loose. So that being said, that's what I was saying about when Barkley scored, Saquon Barkley, and he goes down to the right end zone. I loosen it up and let it grow. You can see the all white, right? You see the whole thing. If I see you in this room with a pom-pom, it's like, yeah. oh, he likes Whatever. the team. But if I loosen up and I see 4,000 people in this room with a pom-pom, that's the shot. That's more powerful to me. Let me ask you this question about uh, the way you frame. Because uh, I, I frame my shots in, in a way to, uh, to, to glorify the moment, to make how, how cool the moment was. Have you ever s- uh, found yourself in a situation, and, and again, this is no rip on girls hockey, the girls' hockey, the, the XL Energy Center is basically virtually empty, except in the Andover Edina game where we had a great crowd. Yeah. Do you ever frame the shots to kind of avoid the green seats? Well, I mean, a game. Do you camera, see where I'm going? With that? Yeah, but uh, but I mean, here's the deal. I would, I mean, I see where you're going. Right. But I would say is, the girl that scored the first goal in the tournament doesn't care any less than the boy that scored the first goal in the tournament. The no, team I, that I won for girls, the team won for boys. It's the same human emotion. I, I agree. Right. I'm talking so about from your framing, framing that. No, camera. because it does. I don't 
to me, it's white noise. doesn't bother me. You don't think about it. I, I don't think about it because it doesn't, I mean, it just doesn't bother me. Because the fact is, game camera's still going to shoot the way game camera shoots. Yeah. I mean, low, they have their assignments, the camera people, the men and women on camera. Right. So if someone's, if you're on a low handheld, it's head to toe coming in over the zone. If it's doing a bench reaction shot, it's the same frame with the head coach and a few players right. trying to get that back linesman out of the way who's uh, hosing <laughs> us on the shot. So we got to go off the head coach. I'm just throwing yeah, that out there. I, I, hey, um, I've had many a rough no, in my way. I know. And I realize, too, they have their job, too. Once again, for Brian Monahan, I don't want to upset him, but the. You know, sometimes in the corners, and they have to jump around. You know, obviously a linesman in a corner. If you have one handheld in the corner. Yeah. Right? But the, I always try to work together with them. That person I said earlier, Steve Hurt in the boxes, during the TV timeouts, he'll talk to the officials. And they're, almost all of them are great. They'll say, just so you know, we have a TV camera down there. Because they realize, too, there's a review now. Yes. So the last thing you'd want to say in it's a game-winning goal is the fact that, well, we'd have a look at it, but the official's in the way. So it helps for everybody, but so but I don't I don't see it maybe that way because you know early on like it doesn't matter to me where the girls play. I just want the girls to play wherever they want to play. And early on, I guess when they said the girls when they voted or whatever, yeah, they, they said they want to play there. Yeah. So I don't. I mean, whatever no, I'm just anybody saying, else wants to do, it doesn't bother me. I don't see it. I'm just saying when 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 I'm watching the game, I'm like, man, if they could just get some of those green seats out of the way, it would just it would yeah. It would make it I, more, I honestly don't even see it though. More eye candy for for the viewer. Yeah. I don't, I don't even see it. All right, uh, before we wrap the show, let's talk about some of your great moments in sports. You know, you you obviously were involved with the Wild early on, so you 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 directed the first Wild game. You directed the the, the first Wild game, October eleventh, two thousand three three tie with uh, Philly. Philly first Wild goal by Darby, right? World's greatest human. Really, Darby Hendrickson. Darby Hendrickson. Really? I mean, for, forget sports, and you know, there's. The misleading topics out there. What makes Darby so great? He's a kind person. He's kind. Okay. Because he cares more about everybody else than himself. And he treats everybody with respect. doesn't matter if you're the... Even the waiter? Everybody. <laughs> like that we quote? We talked about that earlier. That's a great quote. If you're nice to me, but you're not nice to the waiter... Then you're not nice. It means you're not a nice person. I agree. But that t-shirt has nothing to do with Darby. Darby is... A class act. Every bus driver on the road, every person cleaning the arena. I mean, he doesn't see anybody as a class. And there's a lot of people like Darby. Yeah. There's no one as nice as Darby. And so he's just a great human being. But he's a great example to use when some of the people that aren't in, you know, you're behind the curtain somewhat, okay? Yeah. I, oh, yeah, I've been behind sure. the curtain for 25 years. I've traveled on 1,500 to 3,000 team buses, NBA, NHL, MLB, NFL. I mean, I'm, and he's the one. I'm, huh? be, I'm behind the scenes. There's lots of them. There is no equal to Darby Hendrickson. He just wow. treats everybody with so much respect. He's just a good human being. The, forget the fact he's a great hockey player. Yeah. I mean, that's irrelevant, right? Yeah. That's a, I mean, that's irrelevant I think this to him. This is his third straight podcast that he's made. For Darby Hendrickson. I didn't even know that. The podcast. I'll have to go back like and like listen to the other two. He's on a three gamer. No, you know, he, like three he's in just. A row. But there's a lot of guys that are, I mean, guys and gals. I mean, that's the one where people, you know, pro athletes and even some of the college, they get a bad rip. Okay. Yep. Everyone wants the – everyone's ripping them, you know. Again, no, everyone, negative sells, right? right? And, and I use the term I don't even like to use there. Everybody. No. Many people rip them. They get a bad rap. They're not around them. Right. You know, I can tell some examples of, you know, Moose who played for the Wild, Matt Johnson, okay, yep. or Derek Bugard, you know, yep. rest his soul. Yeah. Two examples there. They would stop at the Hockey Lodge on the first level of the XL Energy Center when yeah. they left. They lived in St. Paul. They would buy some items, and they would give them to the Children's Hospital, okay? 
They bought them. They drop off. They didn't want any notoriety for it. No, they just did it. They just did their part. Okay, early on, remember when it was the back and forth with Gabriel and always oh, turning down this contract. Right. Not true. And the fact I won't get into the the byproduct of that story. But if but that's if you were but if you were walk- print media trying to sell newspapers, I wouldn't say necessarily really, print. Right? There was a lot of people involved in that narrative. Right. Okay. Well, someone who knew him. Right. Okay. I I, I was around him. I knew yeah. him. And if you were walking into the mall 10 feet behind him, he would have stopped and held the door for you. Right. He would have done that. Okay. When he came back with the Rangers the first year, here's a quick one. So he came back first time he's going to play at the at Minnesota, right? Yep. But he was injured. He was not going to play. But I said, oh, you should come on the broadcast. You know, some PR folks in NHL teams aren't as friendly as other ones, okay? Right. So their PR person said, nah, I'm not going to let him come on the show. He doesn't want to come on the show. Like, why wouldn't he come on the show? Like, people in Minnesota love Gabrick. All-time leading scorer. He's going to hold it for another 10 years, which he did. Yeah. So they set up the scene like, ah, we don't want him to come on there. Like, what's the bad byproduct of that? So I called The Rangers Gab- said no? Yes. All right. But the Wild said yes. Well, it didn't have to do with the Wild because I was producing and directing the show. I'm going to decide what's going on the show. Oh, but this is for FSN, right? Uh, no, I think that was 45 in 2010. That all was right. still a 45 show okay. before they all, right. all went to FSN. So, producer, director, you're kind of deciding the narrative. I mean, if you ever had one that was dicey, of course, you'd go to someone higher up. But right. stuff like that, I mean, that's a, that's a no-lose. Right. I mean, to get Gabrick on the show would be awesome. People love Gabrick. So, it turns out they said no. And so, I call Gabrick on his cell phone. <laughs> yeah? That day, it's like 4.45, I still remember. He was at the St. Paul Hotel. Hey, Gab- you know, hey, Gabby, hey, what's going on, Pat? I'm like, hey, you know, sorry, you're not coming. Hey, you should come on TV. Oh, you think they'd want me on there? I mean, he's, in, he's getting insecurities. He's a normal human being, right? Yeah, yeah, He's yeah. a good man. I said, yeah, but your guy, I won't say his name, said he didn't want you to come on. Really? I go, yeah, he said you didn't want to come on. I'll call you right back. It's 20, yeah, I'll say 60 seconds later, he calls me back. When do you want me on? <laughs> okay. There's so many different layers, to use my dad's favorite word, of obfuscation. You know, you're not, you can't tell what the actual information is. You know, and so going right. back to when you said like negative sells, and unfortunately, maybe the negative does sell. Okay, it does. But yeah. guess what? I'm not in the negative business. No. So if negative, if only negative sells, then I'll get in a new business. Yeah. Okay, but You're I but have I have to, right? I, no, not necessarily. No. No, no, no. But you're just yeah. going to change your current business, right? Well, no. I'm just to do my drop in the bucket at a time. I'm going to pull out the shots when they score in football, in football or hockey. Okay. Yeah. When someone gets injured, I'm going to show one replay of it with a heads up on it. I'm not going to show you six looks of you know Joe Theismann's tibia leaving his <laughs> fibula in the wake. That's not going to happen. You're going to see one look of it. You know, I had the last game that Jerry Kill had a horrible seizure when yeah. I was working Gophers football. Was it the New okay. Mexico game. It was at halftime. He was staying on the field because he was doing a check presentation with his wife. So one of the camera operators, Scott Landell, who's awesome, he was on camera six that day. And I hear Pat, look at six. I can't tell what it is. It takes a second to realize because we're still doing the show, right? Ready right. two, take two, ready three. Yeah, Team's yeah. leaving the field. Give me the band. We're doing a rollout video. And it took me a second to realize Jerry Kill's having a seizure. His wife's trying to hold him down oh, because he's kicking man. around, okay? Spin off it, you know? I, I didn't put it on air. Why would I possibly put that on air? And I had a conversation no, with a couple people no, later. Yeah. Well, there are plenty of people who put that on air. You see lots of people. Really? Just, go to YouTube. Not for that. Yeah. Okay? There are plenty of people that don't mind making a dollar on exploitation. Yeah, that would be okay? wrong. Well, in my mind, it's wrong. I mean, I don't ever going to put live TV above my ethics. 
Well, or the or the classic is the kid's energy just writhing in pain, and and then the camera's staying on him. I'm like, get the camera off the kid, you know? So I've had 16 years of the high school tournaments. We have 50 games a year, roughly. Yep. Prep bowl, boys and girls yep. basketball, boys and girls hockey, okay? that's You don't need the calculator. That's 800. <laughs> so eight, roughly 800 games, okay? If you can find two replays in 16 years of someone getting injured, I'll buy your Chipotle for a year. Really? Delivery or takeout. I don't do it. Why show oh, it? Oh, replays. Oh, replays. You, but you have to show the live. I mean, if a kid's getting injured on a play, you well, have wait, to show it, right? But Well, that's like saying, I mean, yeah, but not in that language. Though. I mean, you're showing live. What happens yeah, live happens live. Just happens. Right? That might, that's I mean, my that, point. That's yeah, my yeah, point, that right? Happens. right? But once he's injured, you're not He rewind, or she. Rewind that one, well, Jay well, or Jenny, and watch a lot of shows. A lot of shows. So my goal is to show people in their best possible light, okay? So change the narrative a little bit. It's been more positive. I don't need to see as many injuries. I had a great game this last year with Casey O'Brien. I happened to be directing that game. Was it the Rutgers game? It was the first game he played. I happened to be directing that game, which is fortunate. Well, he held the ball. That was when we held Yeah, but nobody knew he was even at the stadium. Really? Yes. There was no heads-up given. Nobody knew. He had never been in a road game before. Yeah, that was I. Yeah, when he came out to hold, I was like, "Wow, he's on the road." You want to know how he came out to hold? I'll tell you a twenty-second story why it came out because I like to be prepared as a director and I have my storylines. Now I can be honest with you: if this was a Purdue story and I was doing Purdue in Maryland, I might not have known. known. Well, not never known, but I might not have known. Okay, but the there was a big story about the Purdue kid, you know, their student. So yeah, Tyler Trent. Yeah, and so so Casey O'Brien's story. So in the between plays and the heat of the action. I'm sending the camera people, you know, Joe and Jenny, up and down looking for certain things. Hey, where are the parents sitting? Hey, where are the coaches sitting? You know, in my head, once again, it's another ingredient for the recipe. What could happen? This, that, or the other. Right. About two plays before they scored, camera three is on the near sideline. The weather wasn't great. A lot of people were wearing coats. Yeah. And I said, hey, do me a favor. Try to find me 14. I'm like, eh, just because. Well, of- there's, there's two 14s. There's a white 14 there's and an yeah, African-American yeah. 14. So that's exactly. trickier, right? Um. Yeah, I mean, you have to – this was from the back. He's on the near sideline here for right, this okay. game. So, anyhow, because Rutgers is one of the teams on the far sideline. But, anyhow, he's going – I'm like – and I'm looking at it. I'm like – and I'm look, just then I'm looking at it. And I think it was Tyler Johnson might have scored a touchdown yep. just then, okay? Camera three happens to be on Casey O'Brien. Because during that time when camera three didn't have an assignment at that point – He's looking plays for down here. Instead of sending him somewhere else, fortunate – some would say lucky, I'll say fortunate – was happened to be shooting him as he's running on the field. So it took a second, right? I like is this happening? You know, it's like it when you pick up your happening. water and you start drinking, and you realize it's diet coke. And you're three gulps in. <laughs> like, what happened to me? I'm like, so I immediately hopped on an all call. An all call is a button I can talk to the announcers. That's how we talk back and forth. You know, they were in earpiece. They listen to me or the other director producer. Oh, okay, got it. But I can also there's also a button I can hit. You know, when I hit an all call, I go Casey O'Brien's coming in. You know, and so right away. So Do that's they why know who Casey O'Brien is. They did. All right. All but, right. but still, as they were telling a story, it's like someone throwing something else to you, right? Yeah, we're in yeah, the middle yeah. of a story, and somebody's like, hey, tell me about, you know, golf 1986 at Keller when Tony took your money. And be like, I remember that day. But anyhow, <laughs> so that's... A rare so, day, by yeah. the way. But rare. That's, but that's what happens in those moments. And so getting a chance to tell those stories, you know, they used to have bench buddies at the Wild. And a friend of a friend had a student with Down syndrome who loved the Wild. Yeah. You know, and so and they get to come on the bench before during warm. They got to come on the bench. Yeah, they got to sit down there on the bench. And I told um, Andrew Brunette, and I told Pierre Marc Bouchard, I say, do me a favor if you could during warm ups, 
Go put your armor on him, right? Yeah, just do me a favor. Give him a glove tap. Okay, well, those two told everybody. So on a warm-up of the game, every <laughs> the wild player. The team goes down and does it, right? Well, they're, they're skating their laps. Yeah, yeah. Or just, you know, they're half rink doing their warm-up. And everybody skated by at some point and gave knuckles to the person. Oh, that's I mean, awesome. it made a lifetime memory, right? Yeah. I mean, that's the power of well, what you can do with sports, okay? And TV and live TV and the storylines and storytelling. You make a difference. You can make people smile. You make people happy. You don't have to. And even if negativity sells, then I always say, I don't want to be in that business. I'm in the positive business. You're not going to see replays in the high school tourney. You're not going to see replays at a Viking game of injuries. You go to a Vikings game this next year, somebody gets hurt, you're not seeing it. No. I don't care what it is. We had a, I had a woman come up to me. It was at Prior Lake, December this past year. And her nephew had been playing in uh, a lot of youth hockey for the last, yeah. ever since his first year of sports. And now he's a senior in high school. And she said to me, she goes, you know, and it was just like completely out of blue. She comes up, she goes, I just want to let you know something. I'm like, she goes, I've been following Youth Hockey Hub. I've been following my nephew all these years. You're my number one source. All these like blah, 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 all the really nice things about nice. me. She goes, I'd hate to think what his career would look like if you weren't telling his story. I was like, what? I'm like, she was, yeah, you, you have literally changed his life, my huh. life, and everything. Like, the, it was like a life-changing moment. Sure. She, like, turned this huge light bulb right in my face. It was really, but my point of it was is it was really cool to hear that. It, it made my day, obviously, to hear someone, that, you know, what, all the work we're doing, and, and it's paying off, and, and, and people are noticing, all that stuff. But what the, the point of it was is, is not only are we changing their lives and changing us, but People can come up to you, and I'm sure this has happened to you, like many times where people come up to you and say, hey, Pat, you told that story about my nephew, my yeah. niece, my uncle, yeah. my cousin. And do you have any of those where it's like you, it's just like you changed somebody's life and then they, and they patted you on the back or something? Yeah, I mean, I don't have a – I won't give like a specific example of that, but I mean, there's – I would say the – you know, of the recent projects that I've done, honestly, I've had a lot of the Minnesota Wild players come up to me. Because we put the half-hour show together about their lives. Yeah. And they've included in, obviously, their significant others, maybe a wife, a girlfriend, children, parents, friends, brothers, sisters. Vinny. Yeah. I mean, Charlie Coyle example was one. There's 25 others like that. You get to touch people. Well, they they get the fact that that memento they're going to get. You know, we went to two of Koivu's houses. You know, he moved through the years. went back, obviously, and did another one recently, last year, right, to see Koivu. And um, the fact now he has kids. And yeah. the fact that, you know, people realize once you're around them, they're regular people. They want the same levels of happiness as everybody else, right? They just get watered down or desensitized, not the players themselves, but the perception of them from the viewers, right? Unfortunately, that TV screen or that newspaper sometimes puts an undue filter on right. what's actually happening, Okay. You know, you talked about being a still photographer, okay? Yeah. You can control an image in a still photographer. You could have somebody smiling with a still photographer for 10 minutes, but you wait till they frown, and, and now you snap a frown, and you're like, look at this. Look, he's always They're unhappy. unhappy. <laughs> you can. Okay? Yeah. You I can was, be smiling I, for 90 yeah. straight seconds, and you can. I worked a Twins game about 10 years ago, and Maurer and Morneau were both in the first base dugout, and they were both injured, and they weren't playing. Okay? Yeah, I, and so I see where high, this is going. So high third is looking in, okay? And they are not looking happy. Yeah. They're, they're not happy. They're, they're like anyone else would be. They're right. not happy, okay? They're out. So every now and then high third's looking in, they're sitting in there, in, their, in the unnamed person that I was working with. 
Um, at one point, it looked like, I mean, they're still boys, right? They're yeah, 25-year-old yeah. boys, but let's get serious. Is, they're still okay, boys. Hey, funny you bring this up because injured player video or injured player uh, photo, it's some of the most treacherous ground yeah. you can well, walk, well, here's right? what And yeah. you know what it is, well, right? I mean, if, I was if just... they're laughing, well, how dare they laugh when their other teammates are out there exactly. playing? How still, can they actually be enjoying Because they're still themselves? human, right? Sorry, I mean, keep going. No, keep I was going. saying, so high third's looking, and you see those two guys sitting there, okay? And they're, they're miserable. And I watch them for an inning or two. All of a sudden, either Mauro or Mono, I can't remember, gets a huge smile on his face and backs away. So my guess is they either had Chipotle, yes. okay, <laughs> or 20 quarts of broccoli. Because right. all of a sudden, that was the look, okay? Well, yeah. every live shot in television is recorded, okay? Right. They're always being recorded all the time. It's like having instant, you know, 20 DVD players that record every moment of your life from five different angles, and the yeah. TV truck. So even though that camera just peeked in and looked in, no different than the football camera finding Casey O'Brien, right. it looked in, and the producer said, oh, they don't even care. Yeah. Replay that. See what I'm saying? The and treachery. I said, treachery. And, I, and I said, no, I'm not going to replay it. And they said, replay it. I said, nah, you're not giving them a fair shake there. You're not giving them a fair shake. Because I don't care if it's Joe Maurer and Morneau combined making $30 million a year. Yeah. Okay? I still have a finger on a small button. I can still control some of those things. So let's show men and women in their best possible light. Yeah. Now, I'm not saying we're not going to document something. If a player runs down the field in the middle of a football game and takes his helmet off and starts swinging around smashing people, yeah. we're going to show it. You okay? have to. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you don't have to. Yeah, but it's like... You you should probably, yeah. right, to keep the job and keep it going forward. We're still documenting what happens. But, but the injured the, you know, injured player on the sidelines yeah. video, I, I think the only way you can do that right is just a quick a quick slam of it, right? And quick, a quick in and a quick out, right? Well, it depends. I mean, if you have announcers that are speaking, they keep things in context, right. that helps a lot. There are a lot of people sitting at home taking for gospel what announcers say, yeah. which is fine for a lot of them. Yeah. Because a lot of them are really sharp and quick and prepared. funny, entertaining, prepared, yeah. knowledgeable, sports-worthy. Yeah. There's some that aren't. Right. Right? But, I mean, you, you can't do much for the person sitting at home watching the news or sports with their eyes wide open, soaking everything. You'd like to think some people have used their own brain. Right. Right? So if, if I, I'll just use me personally. If I'm watching a game and no one said anything and you see an injured player and he's smiling, see, my mind doesn't go to... He shouldn't be smiling. So I can only answer for me. Right. I mean, next time, I'd say to people say that, I was, do me a favor. Have you ever been to a funeral that anyone's ever smiled once? I mean, yeah. Right? It happens all the time. Yeah, people do smile sometimes. They'll smile occasionally if they're nervous. Yeah. You know, if they're uncomfortable. Or maybe in the heat of the moment, even people sometimes at funerals will tell jokes. Yeah. How can they possibly tell a joke at a funeral? Right. Okay? It, so, but the problem is now is the mouthpiece maybe of the announcer saying, Look it. Oh, they don't care. Okay, or the producer director. See, I would spin it a different way. I, I'm always like, when I, when I see the injured player, I'm like, oh, can we get off this, this clip? Because it's just painful. Because there's really no right answer when you're staring at the player well, who's injured. Yeah, the answer to me would be that I would see it as I don't, I mean, I'm not going to judge somebody on a snapshot. Right. I mean, unless they're swinging that helmet around. Right. <laughs> but yeah. I mean, but if they're smiling, I mean, people smile and frown during the day. So I'm not worried about a person, but I'm also not one that just, I mean, if a, if a player makes $6 million a year, like I'm not jealous. If I was better, I'd make it as well. Right. But there's a lot of people, writers maybe, some of the writers, yeah. some people on TV. They're jealous. See, there's a certain level of bitterness and jealousy. If I, I see someone go buy in a $300,000 car, I'm like, that's cool. I'll never afford it. 
I wish I had one, right? I wish I had a, a career they, that and, brought me right, that, right? And that's the other thing, too, is some of the negative people, oh, I can't believe they make $5 million a year. Here's the deal. Most teams have open tryouts. If you're a better <laughs> shortstop, you can go, make go the get team. the gig, yeah. right? If you're a better defenseman, go get it. If, you're smart, if you think you can outplay any one of the wild defensemen, go do it. They'd love to have you, right? Yeah. Go take, I agree. take it. It's not happening. Well, it's not happening. And the problem is, is the negativity sells in your mind, like you said, and I still think it does. But that negative, that narrative is slowly spinning. I do my small part. I think it changes. I think it changes for It sure. does. And all the people that I work with, I mean, it takes 40, 50, 60 people on the crew. You get everybody in the same mindset, knowing so when those camera people are looking through the lenses and they see shots of something that they know that I'm not going to put on air anyhow, they don't. They they're going to spin off it. Yeah. They know to spin off it. If people are injured in distress, they, they loosen know. up. They don't tighten in. They yeah. loosen up because they know. And this is, I'm sure now, this is a, another topic of itself, but is the people that, do the people who work for you, do you have the same kind of crew? Do you have a, kind of your crew that work with I you? I kind of have a core crew that I would bring that would do. And they know what you're going to say already, right? They're kind they of. do. Yeah. I mean, trust me. You're only stuck listening to me for an hour. Yeah. If you work on a broadcast, it's an open mic for the director. That's right. the, for you do get eight the hours. Open, you pretty much do have open mic. Everyone else has a mic as well, but they have to key in. So they're stuck listening to me all right. day. So, I mean, I have to turn it off. I'm going to sneeze. Right. And so nonstop. Moving it's internal mile. Right? Yeah, I and mean, like I said earlier, it's it's full on. I mean, it's full on producing, directing all game. Everyone's but tape people in replay are talking. Cameras occasionally will talk. What about this? What about that? Stand by here, there. It's uh, it's basically like a court reporter for seven, eight hours, especially yeah. on air. All right. Well, you're the rain man with the calculator here. How many minutes do you think we're on air right now? Ooh, minutes on air. I would say sixty-eight. No, not even close. How much? 92. <laughs> 92. I thought you were going to yeah, give me a that's couple. My, that's my score on the golf round is 92. Yours I thought is you were going to give me a couple math questions for, uh, <laughs> no, give me a couple no. multiplication tests for Chipotle. Hour and 32 really? minutes. Hour well, thank and 32 you. minutes, including intro. Uh, we'll do a quick outro. Here. We're talking a lot of little uh, speak here, aren't we? Like yeah. one and two. and Ready, five, wide. take five, yeah, stand by, B, you know, split screen, six to three. We're, we're going to head into our outro now. Uh, okay. Thank you, Pat O'Connor, for uh, being in here today and talking about live TV production. And I learned a lot. Hopefully our audience learned a lot as well. 